I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 7. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today, Dean Larson. Dean is a mortgage broker and owner with Compass Mortgage Group based out of Kelowna, BC. He's been a mortgage broker for seven years and his office does over 100 million. Dean is absolutely killing it. Dean, are you ready to rock? Absolutely. Cool. So why don't you take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Well, let's see. I've been a mortgage broker for uh, around seven years and uh, I've been a broker owner for about four and a half years, I believe. And uh, I've got a family, a family of five, uh, one grown child and a couple still living at home. And uh, we've got a brokerage with around uh, 16 or 17 people, I believe, to date in our organizations spread out across Alberta and BC, uh, and I am primarily based out of Kelowna. And so you started out just brokering your own deals and then discovered that, hey, you're pretty good at deal. I know I've known you for a while, so you're good at uh, dealing with people and managing people and, and you're likable. So you've been able to grow a pretty good business and, and in the market that for a while was actually kind of tough. How, how have you been able to do that? Well, the, the truth is, is that for the first uh, maybe five or six people that came on board, it, it was it was somewhat by accident, and uh, through I guess uh, maintaining a, a reasonably good reputation, people approached us about about wanting to work with us. And uh, as time went on, uh, I eventually thought about the fact that if I can recruit half a dozen people without trying, maybe I should explore the idea of building a, an actual brokerage. And so for the past year and a half, approximately, uh, maybe two years, uh, I have been actively uh, growing our brokerage and uh, growing our, our footprint across uh, D.C. and Alberta. It started out by accident, but it eventually started to seem like a like a worthwhile thing to pursue. Well, your footprint is definitely getting bigger, so that's a, that's a good thing. Let's rewind the clock for a second. So everybody that's in the mortgage business, most of us came from somewhere else. So where, where did, how did you get into the mortgage business? Like, where did you, where did you come from? <clears throat> Well, I actually moved to the Okanagan from uh, Edmonton, Alberta, uh, in 2006, uh, with a working as a, as a, in a with a large company actually. But uh, once I got here, and I uh, I started to become concerned about how I was going to be able to live here long term if something changed with the job that I was currently in. Uh, I've always been a numbers guy, and I've always been a uh, a people person, a salesperson, I guess, and. Uh, through some contacts, friends that I had uh, out of Calgary who had also recently got into the mortgage and the lending business, um, I learned about mortgage brokering and uh, and got the idea that maybe I should pursue that as my as my future career while I while I was uh, building my presence in the Okanagan. So I went out and got my mortgage broker license. And and so I the reason I'm going to ask this because I know a little bit about your history. So when you initially got into being a mortgage broker, did you quit your job and become a mortgage broker, or how did you? What was your what did you do there? That is a that's a great question. So, to to begin with, actually, I I, I did do a little bit of an overlap um, while I still had another job and uh, and was essentially part time brokering while I while I learned my way around the business and and I got a feel for how it works and I, I had a flexible job where. Uh, working from home where I did have the flexibility to kind of uh, pursue other things at the same time. I, uh, I did that for a little bit less than a year uh, and uh, and I in the meantime built websites and built an online marketing strategy for, for my mortgage broker business because I frankly didn't know that many people in the Okanagan where I was living. 
and uh, a combination of friends and family, as most people find when they start off, I got mortgages there, and then a successful web uh, marketing business. I, uh, I ended up building a relatively successful business uh, after within a year, actually, and, uh, and then went full-time at it. I was working with the Dominion Lending franchise uh, for a year or two, and eventually worked with the Mortgage Architects franchise, which you're fairly familiar with, and uh, from there, moved on to opening my own brokerage. Right, and I haven't looked back. So, we, well, one last question. So, what is your split of your business, like, that you're currently kind of doing? Maybe two questions there. What you're currently doing, like, A to B, and then your office? Because I'm trying to get this sense of what, I'll explain it to you after, but yeah, what, how does that look for you guys right now? So, sorry, uh, just to make, make sure I understand the question, what, what split are you referring to? Your, like your A to B business, so A business versus B business, what oh, sort okay. of percent, like how does that, how's that look for your own personal book and then your company, how does that look? Yeah, um, it, it, it seems to be an ever-changing thing. Uh, currently, the majority of my, my personal business is A business. Um, I'd say in the first couple of years, it was it was mostly B business, like 80-20 B to A, and it's become 80-20 uh, A to B now. And that's probably the same throughout our organization. Um, it's just uh, it's just been the way that it has uh, has evolved. But um, we're we're actually strategizing on ways to increase the B part of the business. I, I, I really believe that that is a is where the future of uh, being a successful broker is. Yeah, that that's, I was kind of a loaded question, but I know that in these interviews that I've been doing, I've been hearing more and more people say that they're they're seeing an increase in their, the side of the B side of their business, even if they're not actively trying to do it. So it feels to me like there's definitely opportunity for brokers to solve a problem and and uh, you know help a client at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So my next question is: I love to start with a success quote, so a quote that has impacted your life or business. And can you share with us a quote that you've that's really impacted you? There, there are two that I keep in my mind regularly. Um, one of them is uh, always tell the truth, and you'll never have trouble remembering what you said. And uh, and that's that's just uh, just been a key thing, just to help maintain uh, honesty and integrity. And and the other really simple one is treat others as you would like to be treated. Um, I would I would say those are the two that I keep at the top of my mind most of the time. So of those two quotes, can you give me an example of when you've applied that in your business and sort of an outcome that an outcome that you got from it? Well, when I'm uh, when I'm dealing with clients or or even when I'm dealing with uh, with referral sources for for business, I, uh, I I try to put myself in the other people's shoes as much as possible when I'm both when I'm communicating and when I'm thinking about things that they may be feeling and, uh, and going through. And, uh, and I, I spend time thinking about all of my active clients in that way. And, and it ends up allowing me to proactively communicate certain things to them that I can realize that if I was on the other end, this is what I would like somebody to explain to me, or this is what I would like somebody to tell me, or, or this is a point in the process where I would really like somebody to reassure me as to, uh, as to what's going on in the process. So it's, a, it's an ongoing active thing that goes through my mind as I'm managing the client experience and even the experience for the referral sources. Right. And yeah, it's, it's true. I love that. Actually, I've, I've heard that before, but not in a long time. Always tell the truth. You never have to remember what you said. That's a, that's a awesome mantra to live by, especially in our industry. So absolutely. So can you tell, I also find sometimes for me, I've, I've made some mistakes over the years in business and, and I find I can, when I look back, there's always a lesson in it. Can you share a time that something that you'd failed at and the lesson that you'd learned? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, um, I've actually had a couple of uh, failed uh, businesses and partnerships in the past, and uh, particularly uh, when I think about working with other people and working with, with partners in running a business, it's, uh, it's very important in my mind now uh, that uh, everybody understands what their roles are, specifically what's expected of them. Um, some of the some of the confusion that can come in working as a team and even some of the hurt feelings comes from not everybody understanding both what their roles are and what is expected of them. So, um, so in building a team, uh, we, we really try to make it clear to everybody what, what their job actually is in terms of uh, communication, in terms of the responsibility of their coworkers and their managers and their clients. Um, so, so, you know, to summarize it, just everybody understanding their roles is really key. Yeah. And so in, I guess, can I, can I push you to be a little more specific? I think that's a great example. Remember your role, but can you give me an example of a time that maybe you didn't, everybody didn't know their role and you don't have to share names or anything, but that, and how, what the outcome was of that? Hmm, good question. Um, you know, I, I, I know there's been times with, uh, with assistance and, uh, and with collaborative teams, say on, on mortgage teams, um, where, where, for example, someone might think that their job is specifically to communicate uh, with the client, or somebody might uh, might think that their job is specifically to get an approval from a lender, when in fact, all of our jobs uh, are, are not not just any one of those things, but our jobs are ultimately to make sure that the client gets the the mortgage that they're satisfied with and really just comes away from the whole experience with satisfaction. Um, all of those other things just comprise that, but the ultimate role uh, is to is to make sure that we have satisfied clients. And uh, and and particularly in the assistance, uh, in the sort of what we would call our underwriters or funders, there's, you know, we don't we don't necessarily need people to, to click the button. Um, the, the role is ultimately to make sure that um, referral sources and clients go away satisfied and happy and feeling positive about the experience and that's not one specific experience but that is that is regular regularly needs to be instilled in all of us yeah the value of realizing that the relationship is the most important thing and wh- whoever is working on especially when you you have a team built you have a team approach to dealing with a mortgage and you know somebody you just need to know who's going to stay in communication with the client and the realtor and everybody else that's involved and Keep keep everybody in absolutely, the loop so there's absolutely. no stress. You know, you know. More specifically, you can get the client the best mortgage on the market, but if the experience is stressful and they were never comfortable through it and they didn't feel like it was handled that well, they might go away not even recognizing that they got the best mortgage that was available on the market. But they will recognize that they didn't have the best experience. On the other hand, somebody can go and deal with a bank and somebody that they've dealt with forever who they've got a good relationship with. And if the experience was flawless and seamless and that they were made to feel comfortable all the time, they can go away having maybe what we would consider a poor mortgage in, in market standards, but go away feeling really great about the experience. And, uh, and in that case, um, in that case, you know, even though maybe from our perspective they lost because they didn't get the best mortgage, uh, the, the person that dealt with them or the bank that dealt with them ultimately won because that client felt great about what happened. That that is awesome. I love how you said that. That's a perfect way to explain. It's a, the process matters a lot, and how, how the person feels about the process, not just what you think about it, but and the the product. We kind of sometimes can get so focused on the product, but the product is important, but. If you don't do a very good job of managing the client and their expectations, then you really aren't building a long-term business for yourself. Absolutely. 
So the next thing I've noticed about people, successful mortgage brokers, is they always have a system and a process, a sales system, a follow-up system, a renewal system. And so, and I also noticed that they're also willing to tweak their system or make adjustments in order to get better results. So can you share a specific example of a process or that you've tweaked and what, what you've changed and what kind of outcome you got? You know, I would say one of, one of the things that uh, in the early days that, that frustrated me a little bit about the process is... Uh, feeling like once um, once I'd done my part, let's say, in sending all the documents to a lender, that I was essentially done. Uh, and yet, lots of things can fall apart afterwards if uh, communication between the lender and the lawyer doesn't go that well, communication between the lawyer or solicitor and the client doesn't go that well. So I have, uh, one of the things that I've tweaked is, you know, I think improved the customer experience is making sure that we are communicating more proactively with the solicitor, making sure that we're dealing with solicitors that communicate proactively back to us so that we, we recognize when there is a, a hiccup in the process or something that needs to be dealt with um, proactively, we can deal with it rather than finding out at the 11th hour when when uh, the deal is supposed to close that it's not working properly. So another level of communication after, you know, technically the mortgage broker's job might seem to be done, but staying involved in the communication uh, after that point has, uh, as I think, solved a lot of problems for our clients. So can, can you give me an example of like, so with the communication with the lawyer, so how are you guys doing that? How are you, how are you making sure that, that happens every time? Well, yeah, so an easy example would be, um, you know, you you complete your documents with a lender and the lender says, okay, file complete. And uh, and at that point, you will assume that the, you, you should be able to assume perhaps that the instructions have gone out to the lawyer. And then, um, you know, maybe a couple of weeks go by and you will get a call from the client who says that the lawyer has not, this has actually happened, you know, the, the lawyer has not received instructions yet. And uh, I mean, this is a very simple example, but then you'll go back to the lawyer and find out that something got missed or they sent it to the wrong lawyer or they got the fax machine wrong or a typo in the email or, or whatever. So, um, so the, the simple change to that process, and, and I'm sure all mortgage brokers should be doing this, and I don't think all of them are, but uh, it's just to simply, once you know the file is complete, follow up with the lender to confirm that they've sent the instructions and then make sure that you communicate with the lawyer to make sure that they've received the, construct the instructions. And it sounds really simple, but it's not something that's uh, inherently built into the mortgage process. No, and, and I've often thought too, like if the whole process goes really, really smooth, so let's say you do a really good job, you manage your expectations, you get them a, the, a good mortgage with a good, you know, the right product, and, and then the last thing that happens is everything at the lawyer's office is kind of a gong show, that's the last thing they're going to remember. So... I agree. Absolutely. And, it, and, and it, whether, whether it was your fault or not, uh, it's not really the point. And that actually is another, another good point is, is, is don't try to figure out whether it was your fault or not. Just recognize that no matter whose fault it is, it still reflects ultimately on you in the eyes of the client. Right. They don't care. And what, what I found happens sometimes in the past is everybody points the finger at everybody else. Right. And so there's like, yeah, and it doesn't really, who cares? It's just fix it. Let's just fix it. And, and how do we not let it happen again? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think, what one habit have you think has made you successful over the last seven years that you've kind of went from part-time brokering to owning a, a pretty good-sized mortgage company? Uh, well, the one habit, and I don't know if you call it a habit or not, or, and I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a strength and a weakness, um, but I am, I tend to be impatient and 
and somewhat intolerant of anything that negatively infects, affects my clients. So I always want things to be done sooner than, than just letting the process flow. And, uh, and I, am, I am persistently adamant that, uh, that everything not only should be done quicker, but maybe even just done a little bit better than what the standard process is. It, it's an inherent personality trait that can frankly cause frustration for me at times and maybe undue stress. But, but when your clients feel that you are doing everything possible to, to look after them, and when you are following and going that extra mile to make sure that the little details are looked after, ultimately you do end up with a better process and a better customer experience than, than perhaps just letting things flow. And, you know, there's a tendency uh, that a lot of people find that where they just, once things, off, off, once things are off their plate and they've done whatever they feel their job is and it's now on someone else's plate and it's their job that they can wash their hands of it. And uh, that, um, that sort of intolerance of, of that type of thinking actually is something that I, that I can't really help myself to, to, to behave, I guess. I behave in a way where I'm, I'm never, I never let go of my part of the job, I guess, is a, is a short answer. Yeah, that's good. And so have you ever taken one of those strengths finders tests? <laughs> yes, I uh, I have, and uh, I'm notoriously impatient. Is one of the things that I found out. But and frankly, when I've been in job interviews before, where they ask you what your weakness is, it's a, you know it's a it's one of those things that comes up in every job interview. And uh, years past, I actually used to used to use that as my as my weakness because frankly, it is a weakness and a strength. And whenever you're answering that question to an employer, you do want to find a weakness that can be also spun around as a strength. So that's a funny little tidbit that I shouldn't share about my past interviewing tactics. <laughs> now you do the interviewing. You don't need to. You're not. I don't think you're going to be looking for a job anytime soon. So, you know that's right. So anybody that's out there that's ever going to look for a job, remember that when they ask you what your weakness is, uh, anybody, tell them you're impatient. Because it's a good one. <laughs> okay. Another thing I've noticed too. A lot of there's. You read the magazines and talking to brokers that, that this idea of diversifying your income. And so, what do you have any an area that you're going to focus on the next year that you that you or one that you're that you're having success with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had I've had accept success in, in in various areas of that. Actually, our uh, it's funny that you bring this up right now. Our brokerage right now is embarking on a on a couple of major launches, and and they're far enough along that I, I can talk about them now. Um, one of them being that we have set ourselves up as a as a life insurance agency, um, and we have partnered up with a with a very large national uh, life insurance. I don't know, call it an umbrella agency with thousands of agents across the country, and we're uh, we're putting together a very formal life insurance referral process because life insurance is part of our it's part of our business, and uh, and we're trying to make it so that we're offering a offering the clients the best possible solutions out there, and by registering ourselves as a life insurance agency, we're enabling our agents to to get a percentage of the very large premiums available through the life insurance market, as well as ongoing trailer fees. So this will be separate from standard life insurance. They're going to pay us on on the rest of it, as well as all the other products that are associated with life insurance. So that's one of the things we're trying to create for our agents to have a residual income and, and multiple streams of income in a related business. And um, we are also... Uh, involved with a private lender in, in terms of helping raise funds, uh, which also has, you know, great finder's fees and uh, and great trailer fees and, and raising funds in terms of still involved with the mortgage market uh, and private lenders that have mortgage investment corporations that uh, solicit investors' money through 
RSPs and TFSAs. So we recognize that multiple streams of income, especially when you're in a job that can have fluctuations to it, is is a way to uh, to maybe make uh, you know make your income just a little bit more robust and consistent. Right. Yeah. I I think what you guys are doing is brilliant. The you know, insurance and, you know, mortgages and debt, they kind of, they kind of go together like peanut butter and jam in my mind. They're, they're, they're very well suited. When somebody takes on a large level of debt, they definitely need to be look, re-looking or looking at their insurance needs. And so you guys having that internally and allowing your brokers to be able to participate in that is brilliant. And I think it'll, it'll help you grow your, your company for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So with all this stuff you got going on, you've got the more, you got your own mortgage business, you've got your you're running your brokerage, you've got you know the insurance thing, you've got the the uh, alt, alternate alternative business. So how do you run a balance running a, you know your busy mortgage practice and family? So you give us a tip or some advice on being able to keep that stuff in check. You do have a very you know you have great kids. I've met them and you know good family. So what's any tips there? Well, you, you do have to have boundaries and you do have to maintain your priorities. And, uh, you know, you, you and I have talked about this in the past. There is a way to work smart enough and proactively communicate enough that you're not spending your evenings and weekends reacting to things. And uh, if, you, if you do, if you are proactive and efficient in the hours of the day that you do want to work, um, you can prevent potential surprises that might come up in the hours of the day that you don't want to work. And, uh, and beyond that, um, it, it really just comes down to priorities. My, my family will always come first. And uh, as long as I have done my job during my work hours, I don't really ever have to feel bad about saying, now I'm going to spend this time with my family. There are times that I've experienced, I'm willing to admit in the past, when maybe I have not done as good of, as good of a job as I could have in the, in the daytime hours and in communication with clients and lenders. That is, that's, that's typically where the stress is in the evenings and weekends and you're putting out fires and trying to calm people down or whatever. Those, those, have come, those have come from the times when I wasn't efficient and wasn't proactive enough during my working hours. Uh, and, uh, but if you, if you do manage your day properly, you really can have the strength and, and be in a position where, where you're able to put boundaries around your, your family and your personal hours. Yeah, I, I agree totally. Boundaries are so important in, in all areas of life, but in particular, it's so easy to, to well, guys wired like us can just keep working and working and, and you, you know, when you have kids and stuff, you want to fit, you got to fit that stuff in and make Absolutely. time for it. So now we're going to move to the rapid yeah. fire questions. And so these questions you can answer with a little bit shorter, quite shorter answer if you like. So what do you think is the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? The number one thing, well, that's a good question, and I, I don't know if I can say, I don't know if I can call it a, a one thing because I believe it's different for every person. There are, there are people out there that get too good of a handle on the technical part of it and don't recognize how much of it is a sales job and how much of it is about convincing your referral sources and your clients uh, that you are a person uh, that they can have confidence in. So there's, you know, there's, there's focusing on the wrong thing. You can focus on the technical part of it, but not be able to convey your competence to clients and referral sources. And uh, you can also uh, focus too much on the sales component and never really get a great handle on the uh, on the technical parts of it, and maybe on the on the inner workings behind the curtain of how the mortgage and banking world works. And uh, I, I think in order to really be successful, you have to develop skills on both sides of it. And I've seen people. I've seen people who are on one side or the other, both ways that uh, that have failed because they only got that one side. So it's 
it's really about having a well-rounded approach on both the sales and the technical side. I had someone tell me once, actually, that reminds me, someone tell me once that if you're naturally inclined to want to focus on the technical side, then you probably need to be spending time on the, you know, the sales or the people side. And it, the, the reverse is true. If you happen, to, if the, your natural tendency is to want to be the people side, then you're probably, the area that you need to work on is probably the one that you actually don't naturally gravitate towards so that you actually are evenly, you know, you can do both instead of just being, you end up being lopsided. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have an internet resource program, software, or something that you use to make your business more more efficient and successful? Actually, I'll, I'll tell you about a product that I have used um, since the beginning of uh, getting into mortgage world training, and I have not met another uh, person in Canada yet that uses it. I've shown a few others, uh, shown it to a few others, but I, I'd like to share it because I, I believe in the product. Uh, it's called allclients.com. It's an online um, CRM and contact management program. It is web-based, uh, monthly fee type software. And there's a the specific page, besides the, the usual CRM things you can do, Matt, email, things like that, there is a page called Loans by Stage, which is essentially a dashboard that keeps track of all of the mortgages and all of the leads that you have on the go and which stage they're at in the process. And it, it takes them right from, you know, initial contact, um, to got an application, working through documents, um, signed and paid, and you and you 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 click a button to move them along through the different categories. And when I found it, I, I believe it changed uh, it changed my business just in giving me the type of sort of screen that works for my brain at least. To every day I can look at this and I can say, okay, I've got these people in this column, and I now want to move them to the next column. Um, and that is my goal every day. You're 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 your goal is to move that ball one yard farther, and, and this is a, a dashboard that almost looks just like that. You're just trying to move the clients from one column to the next column. Um, anyway, that's a, there's lots of tools that I, that I use, but that's one that I think, uh, I really think that every mortgage broker could benefit from just in terms of mentally being able to keep track of all their deals rather than spending all their day having all their deals ranked through their mind trying to make sure they haven't forgotten about any of them. Yeah, you actually mentioned that one to me many years ago, and it is a pretty cool looking program. So next is what, what book would you recommend our listeners to love to read? Is there one book that you've found that's really impacted you or that you, you were like, man, this is, this is a book that more of us need to be looking at. There's a book actually that a local realtor gave me and uh, this would focus more maybe on somebody that wants to have some inside knowledge of the, of the technical side of how banking works. And it's called uh, Towers Gold Feet of Clay. I believe that was what it was called. It's Howard the Gold Feet it's a, it's a book. It's on the on the history of Canadian banking, right from the initial part of Canadian banking up until present day. And, and present day, this was written in the 90s, I believe, so it doesn't quite take us to present day. But and the reason I say that is because when you are when you're speaking to clients, if you really do have a have an in-depth knowledge of the behind-the-scenes workings of banking banks, credit unions, uh, mortgage companies, um, how Bank of Canada, the Bank of Canada Act, how the different governance models work. It, uh, it gives you a perspective and a, and a way to talk to a client in a way that maybe uh, maybe nobody's actually been able to talk to them about before uh, in, in terms of just understanding banking. So I'm a big fan of it. Uh, it's, uh, it's maybe a little bit of a dry read for some, but if you really want to get a handle on the technical side of banking, it's a great book. I've never actually heard of that book before, so I'm going to look that one up. So where do you, where do you think our industry is headed right now? Where's the opportunity? 
the opportunities, I believe, right now are really in that, uh, like we talked a little bit about at the beginning, is the, the B mortgage space. Uh, the A mortgage space is becoming tougher. Uh, the you know, uh, pre-2008, um, everybody had lots of equity, so when people needed to borrow money to start that business or uh, pay off debts or, uh, you know, invest in various investments, it wasn't that hard for them to find equity through through regular banking. Um, uh, that has gotten so much more difficult in the past few years as where even a regular A deal is not an A deal anymore, that understanding private lending and, uh, and that B mortgage space is a, is a way for mortgage brokers to start offering more value again. Uh, besides the fact that there's products available there that aren't available through the banks, it also, the clients that you're dealing with in those stages of life will will um, depend on you and really learn to trust you when you solve those problems for them. It's a, Right now we're competing with banks and clients are becoming frequently uh, presuming that they're worldly and educated enough that they don't necessarily need the help of a mortgage broker. Um, and whereas when you're operating in that B space and finding them that money that they desperately need for that investment in that business and you know the sources to get it from, you uh, you have a way stronger value proposition. Right. Yeah, I know. I, we've, I've, this, that theme has been popping up a lot lately, so I agree with you. And, and you're, you're a guy who's going to definitely take advantage of that. So what, one of my favorite questions is, if you woke up tomorrow, let's say, and you just sold your business and you moved back to Edmonton, first of all, I'm sorry for, you, for your luck, and you, uh, yeah. you decide when you got to Edmonton, you're like, hey, I want a mortgage broker again. So what would you do? What would be the first two or three things you would do? You can't contact your old clients. Say you sold them to someone and, and you have a contract that you can't contact them. So you've got, a, you've got no new clients and you don't have contacts. So what, what are you going to do to start to get going? You know, it, it sounds funny because uh, my personal web presence right now is not very strong and uh, it, it's probably the product of having built a business and a referral network where I'm not as dependent on it anymore, but I would probably do the same thing I did when I started originally and, and built a strong built a strong web marketing campaign and a, and a strong web presence. Um, I believe that that can be the springboard to uh, to get your business uh, going. And, uh, and beyond that, it's, it's just networking. Uh, it's... Every we're, the best thing about being in the mortgage business is literally every single adult that you meet uh, is a potential client because everybody's either going to buy a house or already has a house or some other form of real estate, and uh, and so if you're networking and meeting new people and more and more people every day, you're constantly meeting potential new clients, and there's not that many businesses that are like that. Right. Yeah. No. That's that's good advice. I think. Yeah. And you did a good job starting out with using the internet to kind of you get your business going and build your confidence and, and, and learn the business. I mean, that's where you're able to transition in, into it so quickly. So are you guys hiring right now? Absolutely. We are, we are in a, in a vast, uh, vast, we're in extreme growth mode. Um, we're, uh, we're looking to, to grow offices in the lower mainland uh, this coming year and continually grow operations in the Okanagan as well. And uh, for, also in, in Calgary and Edmonton where we've currently got presences, but we're trying to expand. So absolutely, uh, we're definitely hiring and we believe that we have some, some unique offerings and some unique ways of looking at and building the business that, uh, that make us a fun place to work. Awesome. And where can people find you? People can find me uh, at beanlarson.ca uh, or uh, just uh, through the phone to 2508 Cool. And yeah, thanks, Dean, for taking the time to share with us today. And 
I, I, I've known you for a while and, and your insights are great. I love what you, you're doing with your company over there and, and anything we can do to help you out will be awesome. So have a great day. Thanks and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. If you enjoyed this interview, please take a minute, visit iTunes, and rate this podcast. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next month. Okay, that's not true, but I would really appreciate it. Also, I want to invite you to join me on a quest. After every episode, I personally take five minutes and think about one thing or one idea I can use to improve my mortgage business. I encourage you to do the same. Over the next 12 months, I plan to do 100 interviews and make 100 improvements. I'm going to track these to see how they impact my business and more importantly, my bottom line. Visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com and post in the show notes what one thing you plan to do differently after listening to this interview and check out what other brokers are sharing. Also, if you'd like to connect with me, fire me an email at scott at robyourbank.com. I love hearing from passionate mortgage professionals who are interested in improving their business. Until next time, rock on.